uh, referrals being such a you know a fantastic way to do business because it's easier to set the appointment. You can sell on value rather than price. It's easier to complete the transaction. And typically, when, when you've met someone through a referral, they're already of the mindset that that's how you do business. So they're they're pretty much in in their paradigm, their model of the world, they see you as someone to refer to others. So uh, it was really a, a how-to manual, in a sense, on, on how to do that. Uh, the, the basic premise of that book was that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Um, so that's pretty much what I taught on for a long time. And uh, and the book's been around for you know 20 years now, just about. And and uh, but I always had been had read parables. I always enjoyed business parables, uh, business fables. Uh, I, I think the first one I ever read was Ogmandino's Greatest Salesman in the World, and there was Klassen's Richest Man in Babylon, and then the the One Minute series by Doctors uh, Blanchard and Johnson, the One Minute Manager, One Minute Salesperson, One Minute Apology. You know, there's all these great parables. Yeah, great book. You know, Well Done, and and uh, books by Chris Widener and Robin Sharma, and just just so many. Just fantastic and you know you could read them in an hour or two learn a great lesson have fun reading it so i always thought wouldn't it be great to take the the basic idea the no like trust apps aspect of endless referrals and put that into a um, a parable form and so uh, i came up with the name the go giver only because it's it, it endless referrals the major lesson was about always giving value to others always finding ways to be of value to provide value to others and so uh now I, I sketched out very very uh, on a surface level uh, some characters and a basic idea, but really nothing to speak of. Um, and in a, a very quick period of time, like about a minute after I began writing it, <laughs> I realized that there's a big difference between writing a, a how-to book, which endless referrals was, um, which is really you just put down what you know and 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 so forth, and writing a parable, which while it has truths in it and has true stories within it, is still a work of fiction. And there's a big difference. And I, I knew that it was not necessarily just outside my comfort zone. That's that's not an issue. But as Dr. John Maxwell would say, it was outside my strength zone. And I knew I couldn't mm-hmm. do it justice. So uh, I asked John David Mann, who I'd never met personally at the time, but he was my editor-in-chief at another magazine I, where I used to write, and he was such a great editor, and and uh, people who in kind of in the know in that particular niche knew John was the ghost writer behind a couple of really big books, fantastic writer, and uh, really a genius. And uh, so I asked him if he would uh, uh, join me and, and be the uh, lead storyteller and, and uh, lead writer, and uh, yeah, fortunately for me, he said yes. And uh, so we we uh, uh, worked on it over the course of really just a few months. The tough thing was getting it sold. It went through like 25 publishers who said no. It took us about a year wow. to get it to get it actually sold. Yeah, and then uh, and then you know since then it's it's been a good run. But uh, really, it's it's I, I the the story reading as it does is really to John's credit. That's awesome. And and John is such a great guy too. Um, he he's done some amazing stuff. I've I've reached out to him on Facebook, and he's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, he is. He's so, a great guy. In this book, you talk a lot about um, Joe, who's mm-hmm. which is funny because that's my husband's name. But ah. <laughs> it, Joe is frustrated and described as a go-getter, and 
You know, the part that I love is that I, I, I'm getting a little bit older and wiser now, but I definitely remember in my younger years that, as you mentioned in the book, that being a go-getter was a good thing, right? So mm-hmm. you think, okay, I'm going to get out there and hustle and do all the stuff that you need to, but there's that next step that that I think that you learn as you as you age, and hopefully the younger generation is losing learning that more, is about the giver part. So tell me a little bit about what you mean when you're yeah. saying a good a go getter can be a bad thing. Yeah. Well, you make it. You bring up a great point, really, because being a go getter is a great thing. I mean, you know, you uh, we're 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 business people, and everyone listening to this is probably a business person. And if there's one thing we all know is that you can have the best thoughts, the nicest ideas, and the 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 greatest of intent, but unless action's put into the mix, nothing's going to happen. So being a go-getter is important. Uh, Now, the good news is there's no uh, natural division, if you will, between a go-getter and a go-giver. Many go-getters are also go-givers, and uh, all we would say every go-giver is also a go-getter. So we'd say the opposite of a go-giver, the opposite of a go-giver actually isn't a go-getter, it's a go-taker. It's that person who feels almost entitled uh, to take, take, take without having added value to the person, to the process, to the situation. When we say go-giver, what we're really talking about is that man or woman who has learned, or perhaps always intuitively knew, but as you said, usually we learn it a little bit more as we get older. Um, It's that understanding that shifting one's focus, and this is really the key, shifting one's focus from getting to giving Uh, And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. And that doing so is not only a a nice way to live life, it's a very financially profitable way to live as well. It's a great way of doing business because, let's face it, in a free market-based economy, meaning uh, that, that no one is forced to do business with you, the only reason someone's going to do business with you is because they feel they're receiving more value by doing so than by not doing so. And that's only going to happen because your focus is not on the money. Your focus is on them. Your focus is on bringing value to them. Your focus is on giving them the best, most exceptional customer experience that is possible. You know, my favorite thing that I highlighted in your book is this little, I'm going to read it because it it was about Pindar. And it says, you see, Pindar continued, the majority of people operate with a mindset that says to the fireplace, first Mm -hmm. give me some heat, then I'll throw on some logs, (laughs) or that says to the bank, give me interest on my money, then I'll make a deposit. And of course, it just doesn't work that way. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And And that's really, that's the understanding. Uh, that we really hope to get across, and not that m- many people don't know, but a lot of people know it. In fact, the, the really the people who were the first, uh, the uh, what do you call them, the initial adopters, if you will, of, of the book, were the people who were already very successfully running businesses or salespeople, or they were very successful, you know, entrepreneurs, because that's how they've always lived their life. There's not there's nothing about these five laws within the story that's particularly new. I mean, I you know, I, I think successful people have been plugged into these for as long as there's been successful people and, and, you know, markets. Um, It's just that, you know, it's just making sure that understanding can be communicated to to those who maybe 
weren't raised with that in mind or, or, or had, hadn't been around the kind of mentors who demonstrated that that's how you do business, but maybe they, you know, grew up watching TV and, and the movies and they get the messages from the media that says, oh, the, you know, the people who, who make it big, they stepped on the toes of others and they, you know, they, they did evil things and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's a big world, of course, yeah. it's all pipes, but, but by and large, <laughs> it's just not the way it is. Uh, as you know, it just you know, as a, a real estate professional, as a realtor, uh, you know, you, you, your job is to provide value to others. They're not going to list with you or buy from you because you want them to, or because you have a quota to meet. It's going to be because they feel that by doing business with you, they are going to receive, uh, you know, the most value. And so, that, and that's the only way uh, in a free market. To, to be able to uh, to be able to prosper by by making someone else's life better, easier, richer, more fulfilling, or in whatever way you provide value to them. You know, I think that that's so vitally important, and a lot of us don't learn that too until a little bit later. Like right. I've learned, especially over the last few years, that the people that that are in my life that are the most successful and the most um, have have accomplished the most in their life, mm-hmm. even someone just like you, who are more than happy to help. Like with no, you don't gain anything from just reaching out and helping somebody else. It, and that's never your goal. Your goal is to just give and see what you can. And it always comes back to you so much bigger. But I think people get caught up. Like I hear the word karma used a lot. And I think people get confused with that word thinking that, well, if I do something to you, you'll do something back to me. What they don't realize is that many times what I've given to you or done to you comes back to me from so many other people that we're not even connected to that. Does, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Well, it does. It does. What what confuses people about that is they think that means we're talking about magic or hocus pocus, but it's not that at all. What happens is – huh? I said, there you go. You're right. Go ahead. Yeah, and and what happens is that you know when you when you touch the lives of a lot of people with exceptional value in one way or another, and it may be that you've never done business with them and, and may not because they're just not in the market for, but you've introduced them to someone or you've smiled at them at a time they needed it or you you uh, you know answered a question for them that they had or you know, I I don't know, and you know there are times you might. You might, uh, you know, someone calls you to do business with you and you ask, uh, oh, you know, how did you hear of me? And they give you a name. You don't even recognize the name. But you know what? (laughs) You also don't know where your influence is spread because you've touched the lives of so many people. You've built such goodwill, such great will with people. And, And the way we say it is that what you've done is you've created a benevolent context for your success. Oh. And yeah, and when that happens, you get all sorts of what we call left field type of things. Wow, that one came out of left field. You know, it seems like it came out of nowhere, but it probably didn't come out of nowhere. It, more accurate is it probably came out of everywhere <laughs> because you've you've touched a lot of lives both directly or indirectly. That is so true. You know, like those little magic moments where something happens and you go Oh, I wonder how how that came about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you look back and you're like, oh, so I met so and so who introduced me to so and so, and I helped that person do this. And 
it all, you know, it's like what's that, six six degrees of separation? Uh, yeah, and, you know, and it happens so often. It happens much more often than we think. And um, But when your antenna is up, you know, in, in your look, it happens. Um, and so, you know, what I always say is, and also what's a little bit different even just from the karma thing is some people want to think, okay, uh, well, if I just do good things, then good things will come back. Well, maybe, maybe not, but it doesn't mean that because you held the door open for, you know, for an old lady that all of a sudden someone's going to come up to you and say, hey, I want you to list my home. So yes. we need to make sure that we don't, you know, go the magical thinking that way either. What it really means is that you are bringing value to people, you're giving value to people in such a way that they see it as being of value. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't open the door for the old uh, lady who walks through. We should always do that because it's polite, it's right, it's a nice thing to do. We should hold the door open for anyone. <laughs> but and, and, but but that's not what we mean by go-giver. You know, That's just being nice, which hopefully everybody is and, and we should be because it's the right way to be. Um, but, you know, when when we talk about uh, meeting someone and, you know, when when this person asks you what you do, yeah, you know, may, or, or when you meet someone first asking them what they do, okay, and, and they tell you and they ask you what you do and you might tell them what you do, but, but don't go into a big, you know, elevator speech, benefit statement because they don't care. That, they don't know you right. right now enough to care. But instead, focus on them. Remember, turn the focus from ourselves to them. Move from an I focus or me focus to an other focus. Ask them how they got started in their business, what they enjoy most about their business. If they're also in sales, you might say, how can I know if someone I'm speaking with would be a good prospect for you? Uh, or if they're not in sales, you could always say, how can I know if someone I'm speaking with would be a good connection for you or, or someone you'd like to meet? And what we're doing is we're, we're, we're communicating to that. And, of course, it needs to be genuine. That's why we have law number four, the law of authenticity. <laughs> but but we're, we need to, in, a, in an intelligent, genuine way, make sure we're always looking for ways to provide value, to give value to others in whatever way it's meaningful to them. And as we do that and we touch the lives of enough people with the exceptional value we provide, we find that our businesses are, are first, they're a lot more fun, they're a lot less stressful, and they're actually a lot more financially profitable. So you mentioned Law 4. So for the people um, who are listening and who have not read the book yet, but I'm sure you're going to go out and get it today, you absolutely should. <laughs> Tell us, it, it, help us understand the five laws of the stratospheric success. And let me, before I let you talk, I want you to know that when I got to, when I read this book, I printed those out, and they literally sit behind my computer monitor at my desk. So I look at them every day and have Aww, a few years well, now. So, <laughs> so they're there. I should send you a picture if you can see it. But tell us what they that. are. Yeah, well, the five laws are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. The law of value very basically says um, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, this sounds a little counterintuitive when you hear it because it sounds like I'm saying you shouldn't make a profit. Well, of course, you, may, you should make a very large profit. Um, but what it simply means is there's a big difference between price and value. Okay, So price is a dollar figure, a dollar amount. Value 
on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, that brings so much value, worth or value to that person that they'll willingly exchange their money for it um, and be glad that they did while you make a very healthy profit. Uh, you work with a lot of realtors. so. Let's say we're taught where we put this in the, the vernacular of real estate. Uh, you're going to take a listing, and you know what is it, and in, in you're going to charge X percent. And the the question isn't you know how much this X percent is is costing them. It's how much more in value they're going to receive for you having this listing at six percent. I mean, so what are you doing? You are making the process for them easier you're bringing your uh, your knowledge and your wisdom of you know years of doing this or the experience of of you know others within your firm uh you're going to you're going to take care of the advertising you're going to take care of the um, the inspections you're going to take care of the uh the marketing you're going to take care of everything in order to to help them sell their home at the best price they can and hopefully the shortest time and with the least distraction and interruption and and all the different challenges that they'd have if they were doing it themselves so what you're doing is you're giving them more in use value well above and beyond the x percent that you're charging okay so they feel great about it and you're making a very very healthy profit which you should uh, you know, if you're working with a seller, well, even if the it, it doesn't, uh, even if the commission doesn't come right out of the seller, what you're really, uh, what you're you're really doing is you're helping them find a home they can be proud of, a home they can love, a home in which they can maybe start a family or raise their family, a home in the right uh, school district where their kids are going to get a great education, or all the different things that you're going to help them make the process easier because you know the area and. They don't. So all these different things you're doing, you're providing great value over and above the price they're paying, and you're giving them a, you know, much more value. The key, again, goes back to focus. It's focusing not on the commission. It's focusing on doing a great job for them, and the commission will, will come. This is why we say that money is simply an echo of value. Uh, it's the thunder to values lightning, which means nothing more oh, than like the that. value. Yeah, the value must come first, and the money you receive is simply a, a very direct and natural uh, result of the value you've provided. And that's really that's law one, uh, in a nutshell. Law number two is the law of compensation. And this one says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. Well, uh, you know, unless you have one client who, you know, and <laughs> the transaction is so huge that it's worth a year's work, <laughs> chances are you can't depend on having one, you know, as great as the value is you're providing, it, it takes doing business with more than one person to, to make a, a good income. So you've got to, you know, as uh, the CEO, Nicole, told Joe, the protege, law number one represents your potential income, but it's law number two, how many lives you impact that that represents your actual income. Yes. Law number three is the law of influence. This one says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, again, it, it sounds counterproductive at best and maybe even Pollyanna-ish at worst, 
But when we think about it, the greatest leaders, the top influencers, the highest producing top salespeople, this is simply how they run their lives and conduct their business. They're always looking for ways to to place that other person's interest first, to bring value to them. Now, this is this is important, I think, to, to clarify, to qualify, if I may. And that is, when we say place the other person's interest first, we certainly don't mean you should ever be anyone's doormat or a, a martyr or self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not at all. It's simply that as, as uh, uh, several of the mentors told Joe in the story, uh, all things being equal, <laughs> people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Well, here's the thing. Absolutely. There's no yeah, there, and there's no faster, more powerful um, way to to uh, elicit those feelings toward you from others than by moving from that I focus to that other focus. As Sam, one of the mentors, told Joe, it's about making your win about the other person's win, and that's really what does it. Now, the law of authenticity. Uh, it simply says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Now, the 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 uh, the star mentor in this in this chapter in this lesson was uh, Deborah Davenport, a realtor, and she explained to Joe, or she actually it was it, the the context was a speech she was giving a presentation, and so she explained mm-hmm. to the audience that a uh, a major lesson she learned early in her career was that all the skills in the world, all the skills, the sales skills, the technical skills, the people skills, as important as they are, and they are all very important, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true, authentic core. But when you do, wow, what a difference. People feel good about you. They feel comfortable with you. They know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to be a part of your life. And so being And they want to help you. Then they want to help you. And being authentic is just it's it's good for business as well as again good for life. And then we find you know, we have the law of receptivity and this one simply says that the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And this means that not only do we breathe out, we must also breathe in. And, you know, it's not a matter of just adding great value to people's lives and touching the lives of a lot of people, placing their interests first and being authentic. We've also got to allow ourselves to receive. Because when we feel, you know, it's not a matter of am I a giver or a receiver. No, you're a giver and a receiver. But it goes back to the focus. Focus on the giving part, okay? Focus on the giving and then allow the receiving, and when you do that, you have a life filled with joy and abundance. You know, all of that so amazingly said, and and what I was thinking about when you were saying that is that when you when you are giving and you let go of that attachment of right. receiving anything, mm-hmm. and just the more that you go out there and you spend your time doing what you can to help others and giving, and then when all that stuff starts coming back. All you want to say is just thank you. Like you're so grateful to mm-hmm. to the universe for bringing that stuff back to you. But you definitely have to be open to it. Yes, you do. And you have to yeah. be willing to to acknowledge it when it comes, because that to me is what makes the difference. And you know, I don't know who said it. If it was you or in your books or somewhere, but one of my favorite lines is "Be more interested than interesting." 
Well, yeah. I, lo- I love that in a lot of ways. Well, thanks. Dale, Dale Carnegie, I think, is the person who really, although it was is probably it? Okay. even said before him, but I think Carnegie, and, 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 and I think we probably did say it, hopefully we credited Dale, but, the, uh, but you know, he said in his book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, such a, you know, a, a goldmine of wonderful people oh, yeah. skills and, and that, you know, and he, he, he said you can accomplish more, you know, in, in uh, one hour of being interested in someone else than you can in a, a month or a year, whatever he said, in someone being interested in you. And, and that's the key. And I've, you know, I've often said that when you're in a conversation with someone, let them do the talking, let them talk about themselves, you know, invest 99.9% of the conversation with that person, asking them questions about themselves and their business. And, you know, what, what I'm speaking at a, at a, at a conference, a sales conference, I'll, I'll talk about that. And then I'll ask the audience, I'll say, how many of you have ever been in a conversation with someone who did that, who let you do practically all the talking? And everybody raised their hand because we've all been in a conversation like that, you know, maybe <laughs> once with someone. And then, I, then I'll say, how many of you came away, you know, I'll say, didn't you come away from that conversation saying to yourself, wow, what a fascinating conversationalist that person is? <laughs> and we do think they're fascinating because who did they ask about? Us. <laughs> That's hilarious. You're so right. That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, you know, I think that there are so many valuable lessons in this book. And, it, I mean, it's not a very long book. It's what, oh, let's see, it's 132 pages. I just looked at it. And I think I read it all in one sitting because I, uh, I was I love parables honestly because they get you so engaged in the story mm-hmm. and so many great characters in it. Oh, but so one final thought because I know your time is valuable is that what do you think is the one thing that people should really remember out of this book? Like what's the most the one thing to me was the, the quote I mentioned from Pindar, but. What do you think is the one thing that people really need to take away to help them be more successful in their life? Well, I, you know, I, I think the, the focus part, and, and when when you talk about the uh, quote from Pindar about the fireplace and the bank, that, that is really what it's saying. It, it's knowing what comes first, and what comes first is our is our focus on others. And, you know, I'll never forget what, what – uh, a wise man told me once, and I, I hardly had met this person. I was a salesperson at a at a, a company, and I was sort of you know, just starting out in sales and was just starting to get kind of good at it because I'd been reading and studying and learning. Uh, but I think he saw in me someone that needed to kind of really know what sales was really all about. And he, he said to me, uh, you know, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving your customers. Uh, he says, now, if you hit the target, you'll you'll get a reward. And that reward, of course, will be money. And you can do with that money whatever you want. But never forget, the money is not the target. The money is simply the reward for hitting the target. The target is serving others. And I think as long as we keep that in mind, which is basically the philosophy of the book, really, and I think as long as we keep that in mind, we're going to love what we do, we're going to feel great about it, and we're going to be so much more profitable than we otherwise would be. I agree 100%. I've said since early on in real estate, if you do it for the commissions, the money never comes. You know, If you do what you love, more than enough comes. And and Mm -hmm. when I look at the top, agents throughout the industry and what they've accomplished and what they've done and and what I've been blessed to have accomplished. That has absolutely been a theme. So I think that's so important. 
Well, you know, Bob, I'm so honored to have you on my show today, and I'm really grateful for you taking the time out of your schedule. You've written an extraordinary book, and you've written several books. Uh, I don't have a list of all of them. Let's see, Endless Referrals. I I can't wait to get adversaries. I just ordered them. (laughs) Thank you. I I, I hope you enjoy that one. uh, Yeah. And uh, so people can go to berg.com. We'll also have the link on our website. And yeah. check out all of his other books, and he even offers, I think, a free chapter there, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we have, uh, you know, and you were kind enough to mention earlier, we have that new expanded edition coming out, which has a a Q and A section, and it has a um, a uh, action guide, you know, a discussion guide with it, and a, a nice forward from a super entrepreneur and super nice person, Ariana Huffington. So uh, we hope that brings extra added value to people. And you know what's super cool that I discovered this morning on Amazon is that you can also get the Audible version right along with it, so you can listen to it as you read it. I was like, that that's fantastic. So I love the Audibles because <laughs> a lot of times I, you know, I'm driving around, so mm-hmm. I have to read all the time. So oh, absolutely. Well, again, thank you. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share before we wrap up? Well, just that I appreciate you very much, and I wish you and all your listeners the, the best of continued success as we finish out the year, the last few months, and then a, a fantastic 2016, I think it is. Flies by, doesn't it? Mm, it sure does. Well, thank you again for your time. We'll have this posted up on our blog at Marguerite Crispillo shortly, so I encourage you all to share, share, share it with your friends because this is a book clearly worthy, as is Bob Berg himself, of spreading the word. So again, thank you so much for your time, everybody. Go out and make it a great day. Thank you, Bob. Thank you.